So this next one, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on writing sex scenes. I'm going to get comfortable with them. I'm going to write really dirty sex scenes, like filthy, like wonderful stuff. And uh, that, so the whole point of writing the second book, which is the book that got me into Pitch Wars and the book that got me an agent was, and the book that you'll read this, the steam scene for that whole point of writing that was to get comfortable with sex scenes. Hi, I'm El Greco, author of the LA Rockstar Romance series and welcome to this episode of Steam Scenes. One of the first things I say when I teach my Steamy Scenes workshop is that we have to get comfortable with the language around sex. In our society, at least here in the US, it is the thing that must not be named. Saying the words penis, vagina, boobies, intercourse, fucking, sex, can not only be liberating, but it deshamifies the language around sex, which makes it easier to talk about. Same with writing the intimate scenes, sort of. It, it does get easier the more you write, but sometimes your mind does play the shame game. And that's totally normal because that's what's been normalized. It was a real treat to talk about this with Sarah Bernard, who struggled writing the intimate moments in her first book. So for her second, she celebrated the filth and it landed her in pitch wars and she got an agent. So listen in as Sarah and I celebrate the filth. Sarah Bernard has always been drawn to love stories and the promise of an H-E-A. She writes laugh out loud stories about strong characters getting their asses kicked by love. Originally from Minnesota, Sarah lives in New Zealand with a silver fox of a kiwi and two rat bags er, for kids. Her day job <laughs> in viticulture involves sunshine and yoga pants, listening to romance-related podcasts, hopefully this one, and chasing plot bunnies. She's a member of the Romance Writers of New Zealand and was a Pitch Wars mentee class of 2020. Sarah, thank you for being here. Welcome to Steam Scenes. Oh, thank you for having me, Elle. Oh my God, from like all the way across the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to say the Minnesota like uh, uh, drawl or accent has been like completely kiwied out of you. Yeah, you'd think so. But then I will run into Kiwis who think I'm from Canada. <laughs> really? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, how long have you been there? A dozen years, actually. Oh, wow. And what yeah. came first, the husband or the move to New Zealand? Um, well, sort of came to New Zealand backpacking when I was in my late 20s and met him here. And then I sort of went to Australia for a bit, went home for a bit, and then I moved back here and stayed here with him. Wow. Oh, my God. That's a that's a romance novel in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh, it's so nice here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You guys aren't having the COVID issues that the rest of the world is having. No, but we did just have a lockdown a few weeks ago. Yeah, and um get that one case yeah we do you, you and know, you lock it down for yeah. how long did how don't how long do they lock it down for 10 days oh no but it was a bit longer than that so i think we were in i'm in the south island so i'm not anywhere near auckland or anything and that's where all okay. the cases have been we haven't had any cases in the south island in quite a while and um i think we were for just uh, over two weeks 
in level four and then two weeks in level three. And now we're in a level two. So like school's back, daycare's back. You can, you know, go out to a restaurant or a bar, but there's very limited numbers for how many people they can have in, indoors and you have to wear a mask and things like that. But I think um, Auckland is just now in a level three. So they've been in level four the whole time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they've been like a full month in it. So oh. it's quite a lot of a lot of um, stressed people, I think, and who are really, yeah. really hoping that they can soon, you know, go out and get a little bit of life back to normal. Yeah. Get on with their lives. Yeah. 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 But I think we've got, we've got the Christmas holiday season at the end of the tunnel and like everybody wants their holiday at the beach and right. So, <laughs> there's like that big shiny thing of, you know, if we can just do this, <laughs> we can if we get all there. get through this, we will get to the other side and we will have a holiday at the beach. And that exactly. I think is something to work for. You know? Oh, it definitely is, you know, <laughs> so, and I, I think we can do it. So, yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed for you. I swear to God, in the United States, we're all going to be in the hospital by Christmas. Oh, yes. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. for you guys, especially, you know, people who are working in healthcare and, you know, yeah. parents having to send their kids to school. And yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really bananas. Mm. So, hey, let's talk about sexy things. Not. <laughs> Yes, sexy things are much better than COVID. COVID is so not much sexy fun. at all. <laughs> um, okay, when did you realize you wanted to be a writer? Um, I kind of, I'm one of those people I always have since I was, you know, sometimes, I don't know when I was a kid, but you know, maybe yeah. by the time I was 10 or so, I really wanted to, um, to, to write. And I just sort of daydream a lot and tell myself, you know, mm. stories or whatever. I wasn't very good at, at at sleeping or napping, but I'd have to, you know, go lie down, have a nap. So my little sister would have a nap and I just, you know, tell a story in my head or something if I didn't have my nose in an actual book. And, and (laughs) so I kind of always wanted to, but I didn't really do anything about it. And then I hit, you know, high school and then any thought of like writing just sort of went out the window because, you know, job and boys and all that stuff and university and so it took me quite a while to come back to it what did you end up going to university for I'm curious oh I studied um, political science oh Um, technically my major was global studies and my emphasis was Latin American um, politics and law so it's just a a wow yeah (laughs) it was quite quite good I really wanted to travel and, and do something um, I don't know, maybe in some international organization or I, I don't know what I was you know, thinking when I was in my 20s. I've never done anything with this degree. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Because yeah. I, I was going to say, my, my, my kid is leaning towards that right now. And so, <laughs> yeah, and, it's yeah. really fascinating. I'm, I'm glad I studied it. Um, it. It was just so interesting to me, especially at the time. And I really thought international relations and stuff would be where I'd want to sort of end up and you know anything that I could travel a lot and yeah and just yeah but yeah. oh well I still travel oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh well okay so so then wh- when did you sort of end up how, like how did you end up where you are how did you end up writing ah uh, so um so I've got two kids now and my oldest is six and my youngest is four and I was off on maternity leave for quite a while um we've got like reasonable paid maternity leave but you can also have a good chunk unpaid and we just decided I'd stay home you know with the kids for a bit and I wasn't 
wasn't sleeping <laughs> because small children, my yeah. small children also weren't sleeping. And I would just have all these stretches of just boredom. <laughs> and I started sort of, again, telling the stories, you know, in my head, daydreaming and and that sort of thing. And then I was talking to my sister one day and she made a joke that she was going to write a book. And <laughs> she said she was going to write Amish porn. And I was like, that's not a thing. <laughs> she insisted it was. I don't and know. Then you're actually, like, <laughs> I'm sure there is one somewhere because there's something somewhere. But I was like, okay, you do not get to have my dream before me. <laughs> so I'm going to do this. <laughs> so I sat down and I started writing and it was awful. It was just, uh, I'm not even the first draft. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, it was just a nightmare, but it was sort of like a women's fiction, but with a strong romance lean. And then I kept revising it and it was more and more romance every time <laughs> when I really decided, okay, I need to get serious. I, I looked for, um, some critique partners and got a couple of those. And then I just, yeah, joined the RWNZ and kept, kept going and, and, um, yeah, <laughs> that's how I got here. Wow. Now, okay, so you started women's fiction. Were you an avid romance reader? Or I'm just sort of like wondering where the veer off to romance ended up. Yeah, I think I've always been drawn to the more romance stories, even though I'm not an actual like romantic person. Um, I'm but not I just either. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I love either. it. I love I the love tension. Yeah, I love reading. I love all of that. But it's like if my husband showed up from like came home from work with like roses and a box of chocolate, I would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. I would be like, for starters, you bought me the wrong chocolate. I don't actually like that one. I'm allergic to roses. You the sneezy things out of my house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the flowers belong outside. And by the way, why didn't you pick up some beer? Like, oh, that is it. That is my love language i mean you buy me a 24 you know case of spades and i'll be like yay (laughs) booze is our love language man yes (laughs) i know i'm if you want to you know if you forget my birthday that's fine just go pick up a case of beer (laughs) (laughs) like sweet ass we're good (laughs) i know when we first got together it used to make my husband so mad because i refuse to celebrate valentine's day Yeah, what's the point of Valentine's Day? <laughs> I know. I'm like, if you don't know that I love you every other day, then there's something wrong in our marriage. Yep. I'm more, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the different love languages, I'm more an act of ser- acts of service person. So mm-hmm. if you want to show me that, you know, you love me, like do the dishes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> show your love by doing the dishes. <laughs> exactly. Like take a look around and go, oh, gee, the bathroom needs a cleaning. Let's let's just get out the cleaner and do it. <laughs> do, the, do that. <laughs> I don't want flowers. I don't want chocolates. I want a clean bathroom. Exactly. Flowers die. Chocolates go straight to my ass. A clean bathroom. I will be forever indebted. Exactly. (laughs) Or at least until the next time it needs a clean. (laughs) So then, okay, so how, I I don't know, how the hell did we end up writing romance? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, I think for me, a big part of it is that I just, love that that tension the will they won't they like how are these two idiots gonna get there and and all that that goes into it it's just it's fascinating to like read in a book watching a movie you know right you know the 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 part in your bio about you know writing about uh, characters getting their asses kicked by love Mm. I particularly enjoyed that and I was like (laughs) 
ooh, you know, and I'm like, I'm sort of, I'm sort of like sitting here going, so tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell me more yeah. about getting your asses kicked by love. I want to hear about this. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's the best when they just don't see it coming and they think everything's fine and they're happy the way, you know, life is, or maybe they're not happy, but they don't think that, that love is what they need. Right. <laughs> and then just out of left field, here comes this, you know, uh, love interest who just changes everything and knocks them flat on their ass. And that's just so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so um, just to like jump back, were you a romance novel reader or? Oh, right. Um, hmm. Yes and no. <laughs> okay. So when I, when I was a kid, I was that person who would, you know, pick up my mom's Harlequins. And I'd flip through and, you know, especially read the steamy bits. And, and she let me read. She pretty much let me read them. Um, okay. I'm not sure she knew I was looking as often as <laughs> as I was. But, oh. <laughs> you know, she would, she would loan them to me. But she had a lot of, of the fade to black ones, you see. So, so she wasn't too worried, I don't think. And I was a pretty advanced reader. But I'd also read other things. You know, I'd read... Um, like John Grisham and stuff when I was right. a kid. So it wasn't just romance, but I did like the love stories. And then I um, sort of fell out of reading for quite a while. I think university burnt me out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was, I yeah, I was working 40 hours and going to school full time. And it just yeah. got to the point where like, I just didn't want to read. And I started slowly getting back into reading after that but it it just I lived in Japan for a while teaching English and it was whatever English book was floating around the office I'd you know read that and right and so it wasn't you know it wasn't romance but it was just anything to get back into <laughs> into fiction and then um after the 2016 election I really went hard back into the politics side and I was reading a lot of of books on you know sort of what was happening in in the states because it, it hit me out of the blue I didn't see it coming but I also hadn't lived in the U.S. for a little while mm. and and so it was like what what is happening <laughs> um, yeah. so I went back to that and then that was just so anxiety inducing and it was awful and I was so stressed out all the time and um, my cousin his wife had posted on on social media about a series that she likes to read a guilty pleasure and it was um the sookie stackhouse ones and i was like you know oh, what i'm gonna i'm gonna pick series. it up it's like it's pretty <laughs> cheap on ebook i'm just gonna pick up one and read it and just you know see see what it's about and oh my god it was great and it was so relaxing and and i know that's not you know specifically a romance sort of well I mean it has it's a long it's a long series one you know yeah I never actually finished the series um maybe I'll go back to that sometime but I I got through quite a few of them and I was like yeah this is good I want to I want to get back into into this and I didn't really know where to start and you know I eventually found you know Goodreads lists and then I found Romance Landy on Twitter and Romance Podcasts and you know now my TBR is like close to 500 books <laughs> yeah and yeah I have a problem <laughs> yeah are you reading on Kindle or are you yeah I do stacking up the yeah. books <laughs> no I do read at Kindle um I, I live in kind of a smallish town and our bookstore doesn't really have a romance section uh, maybe they've kind of got it mixed. Yeah, that yeah. They did have a Bridgerton table for a while, but that's the closest I've ever seen to them well, having any TV, you know. And we've I got mean. like a, a best selling author in this town. 
Um, so I don't know. They're missing out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, you know what what stores we have left um you know bookstores we have left i'll pop into every once in a while to just see what they've got on the shelves mm -hmm. and um urban fantasy paranormal is usually and and romance are like the two shelves that are woefully like they're always so like it's like a half shelf mm, you know yes. or a quarter like they don't they're not given a lot of shelf space which makes me go, oh, and maybe that's why brick and mortar stores are dying because yeah. they're not necessarily stocking the things that people are going to purchase. Yeah. Well, in this shop, it's not even just a bookstore. It's mostly stationery and office supplies and it's just yeah. got, like, and some <laughs> gifts and stuff. Like it's only about a third of the shop is actually books, yeah. maybe even a little less than that. <laughs> um, and when I was in there last, I did find some romances, but they were on the bottom shelf in the far right corner and there was like a couple of Christian romances and one historical, I think. And it was all under the thriller. Um, oh, section. Oh. <laughs> that was a surprise. <laughs> it's like, Oh, there they are. That makes sense. <laughs> that was a shocker. Oh, yeah. And also the, the, the price of books in New Zealand is quite high. Um, all things yeah. considered. So yeah, I know it's like that in Australia as well. Yeah. So yeah. I think if we had a used bookstore in town or maybe, you know, I will buy hard copies when my friend's books come out. You know, I have to, I will do that. But uh, otherwise, ebooks are just a lot easier on, on my wallet and they allow me to buy, you know, 500 of them. So. Yeah. And you can just take them with you wherever you go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. You know, my kids have got dance. I can just take, you know, my Kindle with me and just go sit and read for a while. It's quite good. So, no um, so, so, to, so go back to the original manuscript that you were writing, women's fiction, and then it sort of morphed into romance. Did anything ever become of that manuscript? Oh, God, no. <laughs> it's still sitting in a hard drive somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I deleted it. I am one of those people. <laughs> like, I don't need this anymore. It's rubbish. It's gone. <laughs> oh, my God. You're, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I delete a lot of stuff. I went through and did some spring cleaning and deleted a ton of stuff. And then I realized I deleted some stuff I needed. And I was like, oh, no. See, now this is why I don't delete anything, including my emails. And it makes my husband crazy. That, like, uh, yeah, I have like 60,000 emails in my inbox. And he's like, what are you doing? But he, yep. it just gets to the point where I'm like, it's so many. I'm like, do you know how long it's going to take me to actually clean this out? Oh, exactly. <laughs> I cleaned mine out when I got a new computer. So like a year ago, I went through and I, I cleaned and I organized stuff into folders. And I haven't really kept up with it. <laughs> but nah. Uh, someday yeah well, I, figured, I figured out the search function like I can find an email if I need to <laughs> well I was gonna ask in that first book was there a steamy scene yes okay there was and oh the very, well the very first um so it did have a happily ever after so technically it probably you know was still a romance but it didn't really follow a lot of the genre conventions because I didn't really know what those were I was still right. I was writing blind so I'm not gonna say on I mean it more focused on the heroine's journey than it did the hero or their wrong well yeah either way <laughs> so there was one and it was at the very end and it was like a paragraph long and the whole time I was writing it I could not look at my computer I was like 
blushing like crazy, cringing, like, I can't believe I'm writing this. Am I going to have to write nipple? <laughs> and I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Cannot do it. Um, <laughs> I'm very curious to read that paragraph. So, oh, so God, no. Maybe so it was only one paragraph long. I love it. Oh, my God. It was awful. I didn't know what I was doing. And the thing is, I wanted to get better. So when I revised mm. that, so that was the very first draft before I started working with anyone. And then I rewrote it because I realized what a pile of crap it was and I wanted to get, you know, better at writing. (laughs) And so I did include more scenes and it did go more and more. Um, And I did get a little more comfortable with it, but I was still pretty awful at it. (laughs) Um, I sort of was more of a, you know, parts A into parts B kind of thing. Um, And I just didn't figure out like I need to write, you know, emotions into this maybe some physical sensations or you know a little something more (laughs) and then one of my cps that i was so lucky to find she or my critique partners i I should say um she was really good at at writing sex scenes and so she was like okay so this is how you do it (laughs) i was like yes perfect yes find your people who know how to write sex if you you know are struggling at all because oh my god it's like it changes everything. But that bad first paragraph, right? <laughs> I kind of feel like we need to do that because oh, I, no. and I don't, and I don't even think it's like a measure of your abilities as a writer. I think writing your first sex scene is so awkward and uncomfortable and weird. Yeah. I mean, some people can just do it. So like, I've talked to writers who are just like, yeah, it's fine. I just did it. Like any other scene. I just did it. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm the always first like, one? Are you lying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The very first one has to feel weird, right? <laughs> I mean, to me, I think so. I mean, my, my 50th one felt weird. It still feels a little weird to me sometimes to be yeah. writing these really intimate moments between these two people and sort of laying it bare. It's kind of like, would I leave the shades open while I'm having sex with my husband? No. <laughs> so, so there's like a little bit of that, I think, going on in my head, right? But you still need to have that that one that first one paragraph bad bad sex scene because I think that that's part of like it gets you over the hump right it gets you yes. over that initial I don't know fear of writing yeah. That, right yeah no I think uh, and for me especially the first draft it's allowed to be bad it's supposed to be bad it's the first draft you know it's right. me telling the story to myself it's me trying to figure out how these two characters are are going to smash. And I don't know really how it's going to go before I go into the, into it. So I think a lot of times, yeah, that first time it is a little bit like, <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> what is going on? How is you're sort of like, like, you're knocking at the door. You're like, hello, hi, I know you're having sex, but can I come in and watch? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's like, sometimes, you know, you write it and you're like, oh, this doesn't actually feel true to the characters. And it's like, well, okay, that's going to be my second draft problem. I'm moving on. But, you know, I think that first, the first one, you know, even if it's later on, I mean, it, in your writing career, it's fine if it's not, not great. And if it's still awkward and you're still a bit like, mm, I don't know about this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for because even now, I, st- I don't even know how many sex scenes I've written at this point. And I'm sort of like, even now, when I, when I get to one, I kind of clam up a bit. It actually is the hardest for me to write. Yeah, I found uh, it's getting easier. And now here's the the interesting, the, it may be interesting thing. My um, 
second book. So I scrapped that first one. I was like, no, I'm done with you. Moving on. I'm going you to write a book. Threw it away. <laughs> threw it away. I didn't throw it away until more recently. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so this next one, I'm going to I'm going to focus on writing sex scenes. I'm going to get comfortable with them. I'm going to write really dirty sex scenes, <laughs> like filthy, like wonderful stuff. And oh, I uh, that, that. so the whole point of writing the second book, which is the book that got me into Pitch Wars <laughs> and the book that got me an agent was, and the book that you'll read this, the steam scene for that whole point of writing that was to get comfortable with sex scenes. So yeah. that's sort of where I started. I was like, and I was like, okay, I'm going to take two characters and they're going to hate each other. And I am going to write a hate book. And <laughs> so I was like, I'm going for it. This is what I'm going to do. And it was actually quite fun. Yeah. I yeah. didn't expect it to be as fun as it was, but it really was. I mean, I have to say the premise to that book is fun. Like when I, when I read the description, never mind the sex scene, but when I just read the description, I was like, Jesus Christ, I want to read this book. Uh, like, I, it, like I want to read this book. Yeah, I loved writing it. Like it, it wrote itself. <laughs> I don't know. No other book was ever like effortless. Like I mean, I haven't done too many. Like okay, I'm only on like my we'll call it third or you know three point five. But um, it's absolutely yeah. This this Pitchworth book was just so easy. I don't know. I haven't been able to capture that again. But I hope I do one day because God, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think also, I don't know, I think after you do have that experience and with the, with the writing and there some, and, a, and that book catches on and, and has some level of success, I feel like that then the pressure's on. Yeah. Right. Cause like with the <laughs> first one, I mean, obviously the first, not, you know, the first real one, not necessarily your miss starts, right. The first, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it, I don't know. Like it's so, it is, there's something like, I'm just doing this thing. I've never done it before. Let's see what happens. And then yeah. when you have a little bit of a success with it, then it's kind of like the pressure's on after that. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely yeah. felt more pressure with uh, my work in progress at the moment than I have <laughs> with anything else. Like, oh, God, I hope my agent likes it. <laughs> so this was your Pitch Wars book. This is what got you into the mentorship program for 2020. Yeah. Um, did you work – now, did, did you rework the book through Pitch Wars, or is that when you started writing – the next book no I reworked the book through Pitch okay. Wars yeah okay. so um I had when I started this book I had I pantsed it I had no I was just writing it to see how my you know getting comfortable with writing sex scenes I, it was it was 2020 it was a shit year I was like you know I'm just gonna go for it I'm gonna write what I want to write I'm gonna write something tropey I'm gonna write something fun I mean you can probably tell in the tone that I was well maybe you can't tell because you don't really know me but like I was not not in a happy place most of 2020 I was a bit angry at times and it probably came through a bit and my writing it was a lot uh sharper um and <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it was fun to write, very cathartic and, and, and nice to have a bit of fun in, in the crap pile that was last year. But um, it was <laughs> it was also supposed to be a novella. Oh, <laughs> it was supposed to be a Christmas novella. And I hit 40K and I was like, not even halfway. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll keep, keep going. going. <laughs> yep so I just kept Destiny going in the Christmas novel yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so so I did have quite a bit of work to do with it so um 
the things I did basically, I I ended up cutting like twenty thousand words or so. Like all of Act Three had to go because it, it wasn't quite fitting for the characters. Because you know I just pantsed it and I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> right. And and so um, Trisha really helped me um, build that back up. And I added like yeah three no. 30,000 words. I'm not sure the exact number, but quite a bit. And I changed the whole thing from third person past to first person past. And that, so, so really I rewrote, that's a, that's a daunting change. (laughs) I rewrote the whole book basically in four or five weeks. So that's, yeah. yeah, that's really daunting. Holy shit. Yeah. But it was actually, it was quite good. Like Working with Trisha was amazing. So Trisha Lynn, I yes, I was about said to say before. Trisha Lynn, who has been on the podcast exactly, yes. <laughs> and she writes these really, really great books, which you should all go out and read because, yeah, if you want a strong heroine, she write, writes really strong heroines who just absolutely kick ass, and yeah, she's amazing. Um, so she was your mentor and she sort of guided you through this whole process. Now, did, and did you get the, when did the agent come in? Okay. So um, Pitch Wars for, we'll start there maybe. So it's an organization that does, um, happens once a year. It's actually going on as we're recording the um, windows oh. about to open. I know this will come out much later, so it'll be all closed and said and done by then. But <laughs> <laughs> it happens end of September or so, right? So the submission window opens and you can choose up to four authors or editors or industry professionals who have volunteered their time um, that you think you'd want to work with. And you check out like their manuscript wish lists and you know the sort of things they're into and what they want to mentor and whoever fits you know, you can submit to. And so you send in a submission package, which is quite similar to to a query package. And then you wait, (laughs) and then you wait, and you wait, and you wait. And eventually they choose um, their mentors and that's announced. And then once that happens, it's sort of like working with an editor. So you'll get an edit letter, um, which basically, you know, assures assures you that, yeah, they loved your book and, and here's all the things that are wrong. Well, not necessarily wrong, but all the the ways you can make it better. And so then you've got, you know, a couple of months to to fix it. (laughs) And you can, some mentors are more involved than others. And there can be quite a bit of variation there, but they all have to do a certain amount of work um, with you. And then at the end of this period uh, in February, it's like the second week of February, there's an agent showcase. So what happens is the... um, Everybody in the adult category or the young adult category or the middle grade category, you know, that you've each got your own day Mm -hmm. and up on the Pitch Wars website on your day, they post up a thing that's got some metadata for you. So your title, you know, how many words are in it, um, your genre, and then it's got a pitch and roughly the first page. (laughs) So between the pitch and the first page, I think it can be like 300 words, I think, total. So, you know, you want to have a shorter pitch or wow. as, as concise as you can get, but not necessarily because some books need a longer one. And then you've got that page there, right? And so agents can go on and they can look and they can read it. And then they leave a comment saying, yes, send me the full or send me a partial or, you know, that sort of thing. And they provide the information. So then you've got to wait, I think like three or some, some days and then that showcase closes. And once it closes, you send that stuff off to the agents. And then you're free to send to any other agents that you want to work with as well. 
and then you wait again. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Oh, it's such a process. Holy shit. Oh, it is. And it it can be quite stressful. So uh, pitch wars, like it was great for me. I didn't really struggle with it too much. And one of my critique partners also got in. So having her around was like, Oh, really good. You great, had a you know, to go through yeah. It yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Somebody that I'd already known for a while and had worked with. And so it was quite good. Um, and I found it okay. But like, I also got an agent off the showcase and I like, I got my dream agent. So I was really, really, really lucky. And, you know, not everybody does. I think somebody did the math on Twitter a while ago. And I think it was like 25% or so roughly, um, of the mentees got an agent out of the showcase. And then like another, I don't know, 20 or so percent got one in the months after just from cold querying. Okay. So, that's not a bad so it's number. Quite, it's not a bad number. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't happen for everyone. And, you know, you go into the showcase thinking, oh my God, what if nobody requests anything or you know what if you know you get all these requests and then you just get rejection after rejection after rejection and you know some people that happen some genres um have more agents looking at them than others so romance does pretty well but like science fiction doesn't do as well there's just not as many agents looking for that that genre that participate you know so so it can be quite hard as well so definitely worth the experience um, for, you know, writers who are hoping to improve and, you know, just need that little extra step. But, you know, it's also something that I think people need to go into, you know, realizing it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of stress. It can be quite hard on you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that you had said, um, that your agent queried the book um, that we've got the scene from, and this was your first book. And this was the book where you said, I'm going to learn how to write a sex scene. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so, you know, you're, I, I'm assuming these characters must be having fabulous monkey sex because, <laughs> you, because you said that um, a lot of the rejections came back that it was too steamy. And I wonder, yeah. what the, what, is there <laughs> such a thing as too steamy? I don't think so. But I, apparently you know. they did. Like, what, I'm kind of curious about that feedback. Yeah, so we were mostly shooting for, you know, the the big five, or I guess right. four, whatever, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever number it's going to be. Um, and a lot of those imprints, well, not a lot, but a few of them did come back saying, yeah, it was just too hot for their imprint, too steamy. Um, I don't think it was so much the number of sex scenes or anything. It wasn't, you know, too bad. I had cut a couple of them out <laughs> during pitch wars um, <laughs> because you know sex scenes should probably you know do something <laughs> move the plot forward right whatever right right we <laughs> just don't have them to have them allegedly you <laughs> <laughs> can't just have them for fun i know but sometimes um, i'm like oh my god i only put one sex scene in this book i better put another one in there <laughs> oh yeah well yeah you need more than one <laughs> um yeah but you probably don't need eight no <laughs> Although that said, some books <laughs> do have that many. Right. They have been traditionally published. No, I don't. I'm not quite sure if it was just that the, it was the sex in particular, but I had a lot of very raunchy humor in the book. Um, so not like oh. I'm not using raunch like it was a problem with the sex positivity or anything like that. But there was a lot of dick jokes. <laughs> Well, um, I mean, and I, I think, okay, okay, this is where I, I'm going to jump the, I'm going to, I'm going to jump the fence for a second. Cause I will say this, you, 
the description, it's like the first sentence, there's the word dick right there, right? Um, (laughs) I I actually put the the word dick in my query (laughs) twice in the first sentence. This is so great. But you're dealing with the person, our heroine is a graphic designer for a sex toy company. I mean, come on, the dick jokes jokes write themselves. And I thought this was such a great premise. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And you know, one of the things that the heroine does a couple of times is she does build like giant snow dicks out in her her parents um, yard. (laughs) Oh, Um, my God, this was so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, it really was. Um, I did have a lot of fun with that. But yeah, maybe it was, I don't know if that might have contributed to it, or if it was maybe, maybe more than just that. Because the more I thought about it, like a sex scene can be toned down pretty easily. Um, you know, if an editor loved the story, they could you be like, yeah, maybe let's drop some of, you know, the words and make it a little bit more, you know, emotional and intimate and stuff instead of, you know, quite so explicit. And that would be a reasonably easy fix. Um, but maybe it was a bit, you know, other stuff too. Maybe I that, that... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, well, I mean, well, well. The listeners can judge for themselves um, when I read the bits from your scene. But I, I make some comments there that I would like, this was a bit of a head scratcher to me with the too steamy, um, because it was steamy. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But um, but it definitely uh, wasn't erotica by any stretch. No, no, it's not. Yeah. And there actually is steamier scenes. That's not the steamiest. Um, but when I, I was like... I'm going to beg you for a copy of this book. I can probably send you a copy. (laughs) (laughs) Just be in a Word doc. Just throw it on your Kindle. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, I did want to sort of throw out there that I've been hearing that there's a pendulum shift to sweet. Yeah. Um, You know, the, the, that readers or publishers i don't know about readers necessarily. no i don't think it's readers i think it's publishers yeah and i'm not quite sure where this is coming from because i i don't know i feel like the readers still want that that heat level Mm -hmm. um but the publishers are moving towards um making sure that that door is like slammed shut at the moment yeah yeah and uh, it's really quite annoying and (laughs) because obviously like right now I think what in in indie like the the alien and monster romances are really taking off and those are definitely not you know closed door kind of thing oh absolutely and dark romance (laughs) has been making like a bit of a comeback right so so all these things that are quite you know steamy are really doing well so readers I think definitely have an appetite for that but I think maybe with publishers they're wanting to go for that book club appeal you know they want they want something and especially rom-coms are sort of I mean I'm not going to say they're all not steamy because that is definitely not true there's lots of steamy ones out there but I think maybe what they really are wanting to do right now is to to have that cross-market appeal and to really you know, mm. get that, <laughs> get that money there. That's a good point. Because if you have a yeah. book club read, that's a lot of eyes on one book, right? That's yeah. Sort of a guaranteed, uh, you know, group purchase, right? Like that's going to move those yeah. books. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's going to appeal to women who aren't just romance readers. And I think people like they really want to appeal to, to that women's fiction market, or I guess there's all sorts of names that I've heard thrown out more lately, like, the romantic fiction or, you know, things like that. And I think maybe there's a bit of a desire to have 
the next beach read or the next, you know, I, I don't know, those sorts of books, which, you know, it's great. They're wonderful. There's definitely, right. you know, a place for that. But there's also a place for for the high steam books too. And right. yeah, hopefully the appetite will swing back to the, to the extra steamy. But are you going to keep querying this book or are you and I'm kind of curious now or are you have, are you moving to the next tier of sort of like maybe going to into like away from big four and maybe more into that sort of the in, the more independent publishers or the Kensingtons or or what have you are well, you are you looking at that or oh we've I think <laughs> there's a couple of options and and um I think I'll need to probably we need to talk and figure out what we want to do next, but I'm quite happy to actually um, ha- ha- just leave the book for the moment okay? Um, to let it just sort of sit aside and to go on. So with the next book, which I'm revising now. Okay. And I think if we can do that because the book I wrote, I pantsed it. I didn't plan it that much (laughs) i um i didn't really have a vision beyond let's write a fun holiday novella that then you know turned into a monster (laughs) i (laughs) i wrote a character who i absolutely love and it's a heroine's brother and he is like i I just i love him I, i can't not write his story and his story would be a prequel because he's getting married in the (laughs) pitch wars book so i want to write his story um and I think if I wrote the prequel, that maybe that would work better for this one too. Maybe yeah. this one would have it a shot. It might need some revision work, you know, just to to make sure it still makes sense <laughs> by the time I'm done um, with timelines and things like that. But no, I think it would be it would be quite good to do that. So, and and my agent loves uh, this family that I created and she was really happy to see to see that book too so we might actually try that and then you know if the book that I'm revising now if that one will be out on sub I'll I'll work on this you know other thing and then you will see what happens oh that's so cool I love that you have a plan you know like right like it's so cool to have that plan and to go well okay I'm gonna shelve this for a minute work on mm-hmm. this other thing and then we can go back to it and now but now you've got two books in that world and I think that that could actually also show how expansive that world can be oh yeah and it could be hugely like I had to come up with a couple of spin-off ideas um okay. for it so I wrote a couple of pitches and one of those I'd really love the chance to write oh very um, cool very oh cool. yeah <laughs> so I've got like my my fingers crossed that <laughs> maybe I can but you know what if it doesn't if it doesn't sell if on for Trad Pub, if, if the publishers don't want it, I will self-publish it. It's just a matter of when I can actually get my ducks in a row and do it. Yeah, yeah, for so, sure, for sure. Um, my agent's happy if I if I do some, you know, self-publishing. That's not a problem. So it is it is definitely going to, you know, get out into the world one day, one way or another. Ooh, that's good because it's honestly it's a great read. I mean, and just from that little scene that I got, it's a great read. So I would like to see it out in the world someday. Oh, so it would I. Be out there. Yeah, yeah. I. Yeah, and actually, in a similar, well, I'm not going to say it's in a similar vein, but sort of it is with a holiday sort of raunch calm. Um, there was announced the other week, Sierra Simone and I think Julie Murphy are doing a holiday sort of rom com about a a porn star who is having to make like a, a sweet 
holiday movie with her um, boy band crush, I think, from from childhood. And that sounds so good. Wow, <laughs> so what a pun. And this was this was for, a, um, I think it sold for high six figures. So, oh my like, God. Yeah. <laughs> so I have like really strong hopes that if, you know, that goes out there, it's going to do well because I mean, hello, Sierra Simone. <laughs> She's amazing. And I think, yeah, maybe that could help open the door for more, more, you know, <laughs> good, raunchy comedies. Well, now this, this sort of actually begs the question. And I think that it also picks up on something that I found on your website that I loved. You had written on your website, you had written, I love an unlikable heroine who knows who she is and owns it unapologetically and the heroes who rock their worlds from the alphas to the Seminoles and everything in between. And Mm -hmm. it really like stood out to me an unlikable heroine. And it just sort of like, you know, now like the wheels are turning, right? Like you have a woman who works for a sex toy company. That Mm -hmm. is a woman who, um, granted the book got picked up, but like she's a porn star. Like these are women who are working in a kind of alternative fields, shall we say, that might make, uh, I think makes publishers. I don't think it makes readers. I think it makes publishers a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's definitely been that in the past. But then you've got like Rosie Dannon's The Roommate, which was, you know, quite, quite successful, I think. And that had to do with the uh, the hero was a porn star. Yeah, the hero was a porn uh, star. Not yeah. Not yeah. And, and they were working together to make sort of like sex educational, um, like a YouTube kind of thing um, focused on especially, you know, pleasure for yeah so I think maybe that's gonna start to turn a bit more I hope so because it and oh Jenny Nordback's got a um uh don't remember the title of it I pre-ordered it and I think that does involve a sex worker too but I don't remember the blurb now okay oh anyway looked good (laughs) I did I did pre-order that um (laughs) And yeah, so maybe maybe we'll get more of those sort of um, non-traditional jobs. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think but, that that I mean, I I just find that super fascinating, and I do wonder if that makes, but if that makes publishers a little skittish. It, I think it probably definitely used to, but I do think that's changing as more and more people recognize that you know, like sex work is work, right? And, right. And I think, yeah, maybe maybe people will clutch pearls a little less <laughs> I don't know but I'm not uh, probably not um but now maybe I don't know I've, I've got hope <laughs> yeah, yeah hope that we can get more of that but I don't know that that uh, is what most people think of when they think of unlikable heroines either well, I think that sometimes that can just that can just trip people, you know. Yeah. Like I don't I don't like porn stars. Like ugh, I don't like porn stars. Do oh you know yeah. What I mean that sort of. Yeah, but they're, they're the ones of, that probably aren't going to pick up the book in the first place, and right. they're not going to be the one leaving the review of. Oh, I hate this heroine. But so, in terms of unlikable, what what do you mean? Oh, um, I think a lot of times the heroines I most love to read are the ones that are really quite tough and they're ballsy and maybe they're a little bit like mouthy and they've got um attitude for days and they don't really take a lot of shit from people they know what they want and they kind of go and and try to get it and just there's sort of like a confidence thing I don't know Mm. 
I think a lot of times those very independent, you know, ones, they're the ones that maybe get the, the readers don't really, well, not the reader, like some readers might get all up in their reviews and be like, oh, I hate this heroine. She's the worst. I've gotten that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and really you're like, what is so wrong with her? There's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate that. Like, I'm sorry. They deserve to be mean to them sometimes. Like, they have it. those heroes have it coming. <laughs> Actually, that's there's something also I... usually a reason, right? Like there's, yes! there's a guardedness, I think, that some, yeah. especially, you know, quote unquote, stronger, more independent women, you know, there is a certain guardedness that they take when they're falling in love because mm -hmm. they don't want to, they're afraid of losing their independence. They're afraid Absolutely. of, you know, they're afraid of losing that power. And, and it's usually a power dynamic that they've worked really, really, really hard over yeah. the course of their lives to sort of achieve and and so sometimes like just falling in love can threaten that and of course a woman is going to make it difficult yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um, i 100 percent. i love those stories like i just put them in my veins yeah yeah <laughs> I, I love yeah. the unlikable heroines just give them to yeah. me yeah. and and I actually did um, have to tone down my heroine a number of times. Uh, Jesse is at times super mean to Nick and <laughs> it's completely justified from her standpoint. But, you know, Trisha was like, maybe not. And then my agent was like, maybe soften her a bit. And I was like, oh, I know, <laughs> I just, know. A tiny, just a tiny bit, though, because like, really, he has it coming. This is a man who needs to be put in cold storage for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Like, just let's, yeah, what, let her be mean. <laughs> he can <Right>. take it. <laughs> right. right. If he can't take it, then he's the wrong hero for her. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, I do think that even the, you know, that idea of like the unlikable heroine as being somebody who is strong and who is maybe, you know, in charge of herself, her, her body, her sexuality, all of those yeah. things. Like, I do think we also, um, see that in, in female sex workers, they are very much in control of their bodies and they are, you know, assuming mm -hmm. that they're doing a job because they want to do it, not because we, they're being forced to occur. Right, work, right, right, right. Right. Um, but there is sort of a level of confidence and a level of power there that they carry that I do think, will make readers uncomfortable just by the very yeah. nature of of who they are you know because they yeah. you know do you know what I mean yeah no I know exactly what you mean and honestly I like it if a heroine on page if she's like yep I've had sex before I've enjoyed myself before <laughs> I have no problems with my sexuality I will happily go and you know ask for what I want from yeah. whoever I want like I like that I think that's quite powerful I don't always like the ones who are like oh I've never you know and yeah, I get it. Okay, in real life, yeah, probably there's quite a large number of, you know, people who've never really had that sort of pleasure from 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 a partner who cares enough mm. to, you know, right. that, that probably is quite realistic. But I just, I like seeing it in a book where, yeah, she's not afraid to be like, yep, <laughs> I know how to get it and I'll get it when I want it. Right, right. Well, let's dig into your scene. This is like never been read before. This is, an, this is like an exclusive. It's so exciting oh, yeah. to have one of those. <laughs> and, and the thing too with that is if, if this book does get picked up, like this scene, it might, it, it probably will change. You know, I'd have may an actual editor. Yeah. I'd have an actual yeah. editor go through and be like, okay, 
grammatically, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, but, you know, that, that's all right. That's okay. Could change. It might not be there one day, but it, there'll be something else. <laughs> It'll be okay, fine. It'll so be fine. <laughs> this is from, um, it's Batteries Not Included is the mm -hmm. name of the book. Um, yes. Can you set up the scene for us? Okay. So we've got Jessie, who's our, you know, graphic designer for the sex toy company, right? So she's come home for the holidays and she's hoping to just relax and spend some time with her family. But unfortunately, her brother's best friend, who is her arch nemesis, really, he's a star of like a superhero franchise, you know, really big in Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he's spending the holidays with the family and they pretty much, her family loves him. She does not. <laughs> she's like, you you know, came over, you took away my family. Like everybody loves you better than me. Not too happy with him. So um, they've had this sort of antagonistic relationship that goes back like 20 years, right? So they're very much set in their patterns. And before this scene, um, they've had a few run-ins, you know, a few like times when they're sort of noticing each other and being like, mm, well, I don't really like that I'm sort of attracted to you, but whatever <laughs> she's like i'm not gonna okay fine you can be cute Meh. <laughs> maybe your sex on a stick but i don't have to like you that sort of um that sort of thing so before um this scene so jesse's been fighting with her brother and she's sort of not too happy she's a bit kind of moping around the house and everybody's out of the house right her sister and her wife and, and the kids they're visiting someone else her brother's picking up his future wife from the airport and so it's just her parents she thinks and her dad's off reading in this other room her mom's in the kitchen cooking because her mom's a celebrity chef and so she's making mulled wine for her mom it's the one thing she's allowed to do in the kitchen oh. <laughs> and, and, and she spills a bottle all over her favorite clothes like the softest whitest you know like nice pants and shirt and she just and sweater and she just loves these clothes so much and she's not happy really bad day so she goes off to the laundry room and you know she thinks she's fine she drips you know down to her her knickers which are like holiday themed because it's christmas and she's a little bit extra <laughs> and so she's in there like trying to scrub out the stain um from her clothes and then and then nick comes in and she did not know he was in around and nobody knew where he was or what he was up here but yeah then he, he just walked in <laughs> um and actually he's been hunting down for some uh ping pong balls that for the that they need for a game for the bachelor bachelorette parties and so he comes in and just drops them everywhere <laughs> okay that's a great so setup that is my setup sorry okay. that went a little long <laughs> okay so i'm gonna get started <clears throat> nick's voice cut through the noise in my head you're hopeful. I glanced down at him, fully prepared to give him a quick kick in the ass. But the expression on his face stopped me. He was crouched next to me, his eyes hooded, staring at a spot on my panties, a smug little smirk on his face. Fucking mistletoe. Fire surged up to my cheeks, down into my stomach. My fingers traced the embellishment on my panties. I snickered when I bought them, but they seemed pretty stupid now. Soaked, thanks to the way he was looking at me. Hopeful. I finally shrugged, leaning against the dryer, looking down at him. Season for miracles. Gonna give me a little kiss, Nick. That should be enough to get rid of him. Except he wasn't moving. He stared at my panties with an intensity that could easily cause combustion. Hell, I hadn't 
exactly been lying about not seeing an adequate dick in a while. I'd simply neglected to count him because he didn't count. If he was messing with me, I would give as, I would give as good as I got, making him regret walking into the laundry room. Jesse, the way my name carried off his lips, a warning on a breath, caused the temperature to jump a good 10 degrees. Goosebumps pebbled my arms. Nick, that couldn't be my voice, a desperate whimper, where I'd meant to sound annoyed. He dropped a ping pong ball, slowly bringing his hand up toward me. More than enough time to step back, to brush his hand aside as the ping pong ball stopped bouncing. I did neither, frozen in place by what his eyes were doing to my body. Nick's fingers lightly brushed over the mistletoe, sparking a flash of desire in my core, clenching my lungs tight. Before I had time to process, Nick Fontana is touching my panties. He stood up, lifting me onto the dryer. His hands gripped the machine on either side of my legs, his eyes darkening as he brought his nose to mine. My mouth opened, but nothing. I thought this was a fabulous lead into an intimate scene. <laughs> Thank you. It was so, it was funny. It was exposing, particularly for Jesse in a mm. lot of ways, you know. <laughs> yep. It was really fun, but it also served to kind of get the reader into the mood. Like there's a, there's a tension here that sort of, I'm assuming was building throughout the book. Yeah. And right now it's really ready to snap and you can feel it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's yeah a lot of tension between the two of them. It's yeah. so much fun to write really. <laughs> and very fun to read. <laughs> I'm just gonna a little bit more, um, her mouth, my mouth opened, but nothing. I couldn't find the appropriate words or the inappropriate ones for the situation. <laughs> I hadn't been this close to him in years. He smelled of everything I loved best about home. Leather, wood, and fire from the great room. Cinnamon, cardamom, pink pepper from my mother's spice rack, and, and something more. Something rougher, uniquely him, all layered over the smell of clean linens. Oh my god, that description just about <laughs> did me in. I need to make this into a candle. <laughs> I know! It was so vivid and so beautiful. And I was like, wow. And I think I, I remember correctly, this is set in Connecticut, right? Yeah. And I was like, nailed it. Like... <laughs> from new england i was like yeah that is what new england smells like yeah that that is very fortunate because i have never been to new england really no that is that is like that leather the wood the fire and then especially the fire when i especially like when i walk through my neighborhood you know starting really this time of year everybody some everybody's got something burning like some logs burning in their home oh yeah you can smell that fire Um, That's how we heat our house here. We don't have um, central heating or we don't even have a heat, an electric heat pump or anything like that. We have a wood stove, um, wood burner thingy uh, in the house. So, oh, wow. I spend a lot of time playing with wood. I know. (laughs) Chopping it. Oh, my God. Yes. I've got an axe that's as long as my leg. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I'm short. But, like, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's good times. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, but I was like, oh man, yeah, that uh, that smells like Connecticut. That's mm. about right. Yeah, it was really pretty fantastic, and uh-huh. definitely like this time of year. It's autumn now. You know, things are getting chillier, and the, and these are sort of warm scents that you do smell mm. in, in a house when you walk in. So I was like, oh my god, this was absolutely. I, I thought it was. I thought it was just like the best way to describe like w- what he smelled like, and also the fact that she's talking about what she loved best about home to to him. Or to her, he's home, which yeah. says a lot about the, how she feels about him 
really, even though she <laughs> will fight you. Yeah. Like, she's like, I will fight you, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she will. <laughs> um, yeah, they definitely, yeah, have that that sort of, like, they've probably always known, right? That they've yeah, been that's sort of it for each other. Each but, other. Yeah. But it's, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I can't believe it. Why does yeah. that have to be you? <laughs> yeah, like, you're my best friend's sister. Like, why you? You know, out of yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Although, yeah. to be fair, like, her brother is 100% like, behind this. <laughs> He's I'm not sure, an overprotective but... <laughs> brother. He's like a, yeah, about <laughs> freaking time. <laughs> He's like, it's been 20 years. <laughs> You two finally figured it out. Finally. <laughs> it's like I was going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now now we're going to get to the naughty bits. We'll see if oh. this is really too naughty for readers. I don't think it is. No. Well, that scene's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> the delicious drag of his hands against my legs as he eased my panties off had my heart thumping in my ears. When he pushed my knees apart, when the cooler air hit my exposed flesh and he cr- crouched down, my heart doubled its efforts. It stopped altogether when he kissed my inner thigh, his breath hitching as he gazed at me. Oh, God. The longing in his eyes would undo me. It took me away from the gentle hum of the dryer, from the stroke of his hands, from everything else, until his grip on my thighs tightened, his breath returning to my skin rough, fast. I trembled as his hands slid further up my legs, his fingers slipping under the cheeks of my ass. His thumbs hooked on my thighs and he opened my legs wider, holding me in place with his strong hands. He finally tore his gaze away and met my eyes. Jesus Christ, he could melt the camera on a movie set with such a look. I was wound so tight the moment the heat of his mouth touched me, I nearly fell off the dryer. His tongue circled my entrance, the tip pushing, teasing, before slowly sliding up to flick over my clit, warm, slick, and firm, capturing my breath as his metallic eyes held me. It was too much. I closed my eyes, tipping my head back, the swirl of his tongue, the softness of his lips, the gentle suction. I melted into the sensation, gripping the edge of the machine for dear life, sending a silent apology to my, bo- to my boss. Sorry, but no toy can beat a well-trained mouth. <laughs> And damn it, Nick knew what he was doing. Why the hell had Addison strayed when she had a man who could do this waiting for her at home? There was no more room for thoughts about Addison or work or anything else the moment he shifted from leisurely to something desperate. All thought drained from my head, every cell in my body straining for his tongue as he loosened his grip to allow my hips to rock. And rock they did. A cross between a groan and a growl buzzed from his mouth, the sensation making me moan bringing my gaze down from the ceiling to him. He watched me still. I was already close, so close. The hunger in his eyes shoved me directly into a wall of an orgasm that shattered me into a million bright, crackling sparks. The noise of the dryer swallowed my soft cry. Nick didn't let up, changing the pressure from his tongue, those embers bubbling to life, sustained by his mouth, coaxed along until I finally burnt out with a whimper, my body going slack. I floated, a lazy snowflake slowly coming down. The soft, rumbling dryer and his uneven breath against my thigh left me feeling safe, unable to process anything beyond the full sense of satisfaction. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. um, When we sort of started this conversation um, and you talked about that first scene you wrote and that that one paragraph. Yeah. And... um, (laughs) <laughs> and how you were so focused on insert 
you know, slot A into slot B, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that struck me when I was reading this was how little choreography was, was part of it. Like there, there was very little choreography going on Mm -hmm. here and it really was about sensations and feelings. We, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we were getting, the picture was being painted without actually saying like, you know, he was lapping me up or whatever, (laughs) you know, like, like that, like that wasn't part of it. That just, but you, I mean, obviously you knew what was happening, you know, but, but, and, but you envisioned it through sensations and not Mm -hmm. through direction. So, um, you know, you've come a long way, baby. (laughs) Thank you. I really, yeah. Like mission yeah. accomplished with this book. You've learned how to write a sex scene, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, they are hard to write. Like they'll always be, you know, a little bit challenging, I think. But it, it definitely, I'm definitely a lot more comfortable now than I used to be. Okay. All right. That, so so that this book did, did actually sort of like do what it was intended to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it did its job. we're all good now (laughs) so okay I'm curious about one thing now would you ever would you close the door after after all this um no I don't think so um I do think I I don't have any plans to write in any different genre or anything like that and I do think there, there if I did there could be a situation when yeah you know a closed door fits better but I, I don't have any plans for that. Okay. Um, I, I don't I don't want to. <laughs> now I will. Um, the the book I'm working on now I'm trying to tone it down a little bit, so I'm not using you know the words as much, and I'm definitely trying to focus more on on the sensations and especially the emotional connection because you know the next thing I've written it, it's a friends to lovers. There's not you know it, it's a softer softer mm-hmm. sort of right. story. Right. Um, and, and yeah, I, I don't want to go closed door. I think I'll always have sex on page. Mm, cool. It just might not be. <laughs> it, it just might not be quite as, you know, explicit. But no, definitely keep it. It's definitely got to be something steamy, you know? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if I'm not responsible for at least a few people texting their partners with a sup, <laughs> you know, then... <laughs> that's why we do this. Exactly, that's my goal. I'm <laughs> doing work for the people. <laughs> Sarah, where is uh, where can people find you online? Where is the place you like to hang hang out the most? Okay, you can find me on Twitter. That is um, where I actually spend most of my time. Although I'm not overly active with tweeting but if you ever want to get a hold of me especially quick like that's where I will be and it's at Sarah A. Bernard um, and actually if you go to my website which is www.sarah with an h bernard with a u and then an a <laughs> um, author.com if you go there you've got links to all my social media so I, I am trying to do more on Instagram I'm not very good at it <laughs> it's definitely a place I'd like to spend more time though um, I'm not really on Facebook I have a page yeah. but I, I just don't 
use it and I am not going to TikTok. <laughs> I was about to say, I guess no. we're not going to find you on TikTok. <laughs> I, I don't know that I could do that. <laughs> I'm trying and I'm failing. And uh, hard. I don't um, want the youths to make fun of me. <laughs> I know. But I didn't want to be on Instagram. I, I resisted Instagram for a really long mm. time and now it's probably my favorite place to be. So I don't want to okay. like reject TikTok out like, like outright, mm-hmm. but it is really hard for me to do video. Yeah, I I think I'd be better if I did video where I'm not in it. So if mm. I could do some something else, I I don't know. I haven't really put a lot of thought into it, but you know, maybe maybe there's some other way I could do it, but I just don't see myself really getting into it. I feel so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm mean, just like, don't look at me. Well, I, I will have them on here. I will have links to socials and your website in the show notes as well. So people listening, um, you can go grab that when you have a minute. Woo-hoo. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. It's been really fun to talk to you about. Oh, all this. Thanks. It's been really fun talking to you too. And, and- you know, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask if you don't mind if I could um, maybe plug it since I don't have a book to plug. <laughs> I could just plug a couple of friends' books that are coming out. Oh, of out. course. Just plug really away. super quick. Yeah. So um, the first one I'll recommend is called Bend to the Sun by Jen Devon, and it's out August 9th next year. Oh, wow. And oh, it is so steamy. Like, if you want a really steamy book full of angst, it's basically a botanist who doesn't believe in love. You want to talk about unlikable, you know, strong heroines, and Rowan is 100% that bitch, and she is wonderful. Is, she, and, um, is that on pre order? Yeah, yet? you can pre order it for ebook. Okay. Um, I don't think you can pre-order a paperback yet. And um, so she goes out to work in this family vineyard and one of the family's sons is there and he's, you know, doctor who's been through some tragedy and he's got like these wounds and she's got these wounds and they're just, it's so angsty and they just sort of fall for each other. And it's just really, really moving. And plus it's super, super steamy. So definitely um, high on the heat there. And then- Another one, which I don't think is available for pre-order yet, but definitely if you're a fan of Austin retellings, keep a lookout for Pride and Protest by Nikki Payne. So she came out of Pitch Wars, same, you know, class as me. And she's, it's sort of Pride and Prejudice meets Blackish. And Liza Bennett, and she's she's the DJ who gives a jam, you know, and she's protesting this developer coming into her neighborhood. And so she sort of sneaks into this like high- um, profile event that the developer is holding and she um, sees this hot waiter <laughs> but it turns out he's the CEO and then you know her sister falls for his friend and they're sort of forced together and oh it's absolutely delicious it's so oh, that good sounds del- yeah oh, that sounds so amazing good. you definitely want to look out for that one and another one if you're after like a, a queer holiday rom-com that's you know hallmark with sex in the Event of Love by Courtney Kay is also out in fall of 2022. And that is just such a good book. It's um, this LA event planner. She's going back to her rustic mountain home. She's got to like save her, her job by saving this other, you know, um, tree farm, Christmas tree farm. And it's run by the lumberjane who broke her heart um, a number of years oh. ago. And yeah, it's so <laughs> Lumberjane, good. I love it. Yeah, so Courtney's also out of Pitch Wars from the last year. And yeah, her, her book, if you, you know, if you want a 
beautiful holiday story. Go for that. And then Regina um, Black has got a book called The Art of Scandal, and that won't be out until summer 2023. So it's a wee ways out, but it's basically her editors sort of pitched it as um, if everything you love about Shonda Rhimes TV was in a book, and it's super steamy, kind of soapy. Basically, um, a woman agrees to play the role of a perfect black trophy wife for her cheating husband, who you're going to want to murder this man. <laughs> He's yeah. awful. So she'll get a big payout if she can just, you know, pretend the marriage is okay for a little while Ooh. longer until his campaign is, is done. But then she meets a super, super hot younger man. Oh, And, yeah. oh, it's so good. And, like, his family are, like, political donors. <laughs> and they're quite, you know, so it's really high stakes. And it's super steamy as well. And oh, love that book. It was so good. So Regina was also um, out of Pitch Wars as well. So there's a lot of good things coming out of Pitch Wars, probably even more that I don't know about. But yeah, definitely something to look out for. Friendly with these writers, point them in my direction, too. I would (laughs) Will do. Awesome. <laughs> Certainly some can. great recommendations. The premises sound all all sound terrific. So. Yeah, there's a little bit of something yeah. there for everyone, I think. And and I've read all these books and they're just so good. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, and when you're ready, like, like please come back because I'm sure oh, we'll have yeah. more stuff to talk about. Oh, absolutely. That would be wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you so much, Elle. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed our filthy conversation, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify. And tag me on Instagram, which is at GrecolinaWrites, so I can share the love. Next time I have a real treat in store, I'm talking to singer-songwriter Katie Oberly about, about how she approaches intimacy in love songs. It's a hell of a conversation, y'all. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.